Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez. Hope everyone had a happy and safe 4th of July doing what Americans do, partying, drinking beer, cooking hot dogs and hamburgers and stuffing your face. Um, Apparently, the New York Times... Not a fan. Not a fan of Fourth of July. Not a fan mm-hmm. of uh, independence. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> uh, they tweeted out uh, a, a video. Yeah. And the video. Let me just give you the the headline, and then we can kind of discuss it. And we've got some clips to show you. But the video was the myth of America as the greatest nation on earth is at best outdated and at worst wildly inaccurate. If you look at data, the U.S. is really just okay. Um, just your starting thoughts on that, Glenn. Well, any country that allows people to, you know, do fireworks and... Uh, <laughs> what, what happened to your... What happened to your, your hand? Oh, I just... We were celebrating Fourth of July. And, uh, <laughs> so, this, this is... This drives me out of my mind. Uh, what are they doing? What are they doing? What is the one thing required that you must have to survive. I mean, not talking food, not talking water. Mentally, hope. Mm. Every day, these people are cramming despair down our throats. Every day, they are trying to tell us that you're nothing. Mm -hmm. Why do you think the identitarian movement is so popular over in Europe? Because they've been told in Sweden, you're not special. Everybody else, you know those people in Africa? They've got a rock and a stick. That's culture for you over there. That's great culture. Yours sucks. It's meaningless. It has nothing. Grab a rock and a stick from these people. Wait. The rock and the stick might be great. And they might do wonderful things at a dance around the campfire with the rock and the stick. But what is my culture? Why is my culture garbage? Mm-hmm. And that's what's happening to us. We are being told, and it will end exactly the same way as it's going to end in Europe. It is going to be bloodshed. You are headed towards real problems in Europe because they don't have another option. They have fascism or communism. We have freedom. We have freedom. Now, the left doesn't understand that, and and many people on the right don't understand that. But it's called constitutionalism, a constitutional republic where our mission statement is the opening of the Declaration of Independence. And that that opening is the most inspirational thing ever written by any group of people that got together. Name name something where this many people got together and said something that great, that aspirational. Just we are the world. That's the only thing I can come up with. <laughs> well, yeah, but Michael Jackson's dead. Oh, yeah. And the boss, mm-hmm. you know. Glenn, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned freedom. Uh, they actually had, you know, in their four-minute or so video, they had some things to say about freedom. Uh, let's take a look. Turns out a lot of countries have freedoms. And while we boast about them, using our rights is a different story. Only 56% of Americans turn out to vote, while it's closer to 80% in countries like Denmark Can and Australia. Oh my and it's getting there? worse. Can this year, America slid on global <laughs> rankings of corruption and freedom. Stop. Free- Stop. I can't take it. 
Wow, the Swedes, the, Den- the, the people in Denmark, they vote more because there's 12 of them. Exactly. It's a okay. country of 5 million. Right. And why do people not vote? Because they're told every day your vote doesn't matter. You don't matter. Nothing matters. Why should you vote? They're going to do what they want anyway. Why do you think, New York Times? Mm-hmm. Well, I love, too, that, like, the reason why these other countries have these systems in which they can vote is because we led the way on it, right? Like, it was yeah. our design, and, yes, so they borrowed parts of that system. And I think, too, like, you know, oddly, like, when you have a government that controls more of your life, the more important your vote is. I'd like to get to a point where I never had to go vote because I didn't care because the government was small enough that they didn't affect my life at all. I would love to get to that point. Uh, we're not there. Uh, so I do go vote. But I mean, like, if when you're in a place like Sweden, well, you know, or, or you're, you're going to want to vote because there's a lot more everything uh, at they stake. do. Everything. By the way, a lot of countries have freedom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, they do. Like, for instance, New Zealand had the freedom to own a gun. Mm-hmm. But because we're unique with the Bill of Rights, our freedoms are protected. Mm-hmm. No other country has that. You can't just take away our rights. We wrote them down. <laughs> how much freedom would Denmark and Switzerland and all of these places, France, how much would they had if December 7th, 1941 had never happened and America had not stepped into World War II? Zero. And absolutely. It would be... Not even that. Let's say we did World War II. But then when, we, when the communists said, hey, we're going to start you know, yeah. encroaching on people's freedoms, we just said, eh, you know what? Syrup, no big Have deal. It. Have it. Have at it. <laughs> if you ask people, you said, okay, let's take America off the table. You're not going to live in America. What country out there on the globe is better that you would prefer to have based on its government, its lifestyle? They're always going to say something like Denmark or Finland or Sweden or something yeah, like that. Okay, all you're talking countries. All white they countries. All love There's the no all diversity. White countries, don't they? All these, all these people that call us racist all the time. Yeah. I was praying for these all white countries. You know, to come it's into just effect. like when, the, when they were doing the Miss Scotland pageant and they had a picture of all the, the Scottish ladies who were running, the, these beautiful ladies, and they said, There's no diversity. It's because yeah. it's freaking Scotland. <laughs> you know, so what are you going to do? There's no African countries that you want to live in better than that. I've been in, I've been, I spent 20 years in and out of Nigeria. I can remember being in Lagos, Nigeria, the biggest, biggest city in the nation. You're talking about a nation the size of Texas and Oklahoma put together. Here you are in a city of 10 million driving down the road and you look over and there's a lump. It's covered with a members only jacket. What is that? Oh, it's a dead body mm. in the middle of the city. People have no idea the way the rest of the world works. And I'm paraphrasing. Mark Twain said, nothing destroys prejudice like travel and nothing destroys travel like prejudice. People have no idea what the world is like outside of the borders of the United mm-hmm. States. May I, mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you got, everybody wants to talk about statistics. You know, 56% vote, 80%. There are tens of thousands of immigrants, aliens, detainees, whatever you want to call them, at the southern border. They've never read a single damn statistic. But they know they want to get in here. They know they want to get across that border because for them, it's hope. We can't get a single celebrity to leave. (laughs) Doesn't it speak to how lazy and, and, uh, you know, entitled um, and comfortable we are that only 56% of Americans vote? Yeah, I mean, look. No one's one's stopping them from doing it. It's just that they're happy in in their privileged country. I know. And they don't bother doing it. I know we want to say this, but like, uh, you know, one of your freedoms is to not vote. That's actually part of freedom. Uh, If you don't want to vote, you don't have to vote. Um, And I, you know, totally agree, Chad. Like, the time to make the argument that America 
America is a crap hole is not in the middle of a migration crisis right. when everyone is rushing the border so badly we can't even house them. Uh, I think they're making their choice with their feet. And, you know, the other thing that really is remarkable to me is you said, uh, where else would you like to go? Let me reverse that. Let me change that. Take America out of the picture. America is over. Okay, let's just say we just collapse. We become a nobody country. Gilead. Okay. Which country can stand with freedom mm. without America? Mm-hmm. Which one? We've already seen what happens to the world when we get weak and wobbly. What happens if we don't exist? There is no freedom. There is no freedom. Look at Venezuela. You take the third largest economy in the world just a few years back. It is one of the largest reserves on the planet, if not the, of oil reserves that are there. And look at it. It's in shambles. Absolutely. Why? Because of the influx of, of, of the control of China and then, of course, socialism and all of these things. It will be a, it will be a geographical, geopolitical black plague if America suddenly sank to the bottom of the ocean and Al Gore and Ocasio-Cortez had their way and they pull our ice caps, melted, and we all drown. It's, it's going to be whoever's the top of the food chain. They're taking over. Um, <clears throat> this video also had a, a little bit to say about poverty and the uh, amount of Americans living in poverty. Watch. Listen, of course there's no single way to measure greatness. But one good test is how we rank in the OECD, which is basically a golf club of 36 countries, predominantly wealthy, Western, and democratic. And unlike most golf clubs, this one's got some diversity, too. America is the richest country in this club, and the only but we're also lies. the poorest, with a whopping 18% poverty rate. Closer to Mexico than Western Europe, 12.8 million American children live in poverty. That's almost one in five of our kids. Still, I, I almost gave you a trigger warning for this one, Stu, because I felt like this one in particular might make your head explode. Well, first of all, right, if the first thing you notice is they say that they, they measure it on the group of 36 countries, right? So right off the bat, you're putting us in the top 36. Like, there's not 36 <laughs> countries in the world. There's, what, 194 countries mm. in the world? So right off the bat, you're putting us towards the top of that. The measures of poverty are obviously like, you know, we've seen how this how this works. You think that mm-hmm. someone uh, that is at our poverty level right now, someone at our poverty level is richer than 85 percent of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is a, this is someone who was at who's someone we call poor. Um, and of course, these people who are in poverty have things like, you know, 99 percent of them have electricity, mm-hmm. air conditioning, televisions, phones, uh, phones, cars. Boxes, yeah. yeah, like, I mean, microwaves. It, uh, poverty is a is a it's an easy thing to do because you can go out there and say, well, yeah, you know, look, uh, th- that number's large. First of all, we're also a very, you know, we're a large country, right? Um, and so, you know, part of that is explained by that. They don't talk about transfers in a lot of those stats. You know, when they have, the, they create these big government programs that they don't include them in the numbers, which is always fascinating to me. Um, you know, look, the bottom line is that I think, you know, we see this over and over again. The, the country, they're saying we're right on the level of Mexico. Then why is everyone from Mexico coming here? Why do they want to get here so bad if poverty is the same here as it is there? It's not. We all know it's not. It's a ridiculous measure. And, of course, they know this. If you look at the life, let me tell you a story. Back at the height of the Cold War in the 1980s, this was one of, I think think it might have been Gorbachev that did this. Um, But we were, Reagan was coming on strong 
And America looked like, wow, they might be able to win this thing. And so they were pulling out all the stops to convince the Russian people, the Soviets, that no, 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 America's really bad. So they did a special on 60 Minutes about poverty in America. And it was tearing down America, and it was tearing down Ronald Reagan. And so the Soviets said, run that. This is their television. This is American television. We're not editing. You wouldn't believe it. It backfired. Mm-hmm. Because everybody in Russia went, that's poverty? Yeah. <laughs> I want that. That's exactly what's happening. It's exactly what you're talking about. Go take mm-hmm. a poor person in America that's at the poverty line, and then just go, so let's go take them and say, here, we're going to take you to Mexico you want to live like this person who's at their poverty line? Not a chance in hell. Yeah, and you can't get them there because they've got an obesity problem as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, our people in poverty in America are fat. Yeah. It, it's crazy the way we look at this thing. Yeah. And, and, and by the way, that's why there's such a so-called border crisis in terms of how it's being defined now with these so-called conditions in these detention centers, because they are comparing those conditions that we're accustomed to in first world America to, you can't compare it to that. I, I, I put pictures of me in Nicaragua last year, and I'm at these people's house, and they're like, oh, you want to just leave them on these dirt floors? They're proud of their freaking house. Yeah. Yeah. This is their home. This is what they know. Yeah. And it's been well publicized, these migration centers. Yeah. But people keep coming. Right. right. They know right. the migration centers yeah. they're going to. They right. know the concentration camps they're going to, as, as AOC would I say. Think was, I think it was, was it El Salvador or Honduras, the president this week? Uh, came out and said, El Salvador. it was in El Salvador. Mm-hmm. You know who's responsible for that father and child dying in the water of the Rio Grande River? Me, mm-hmm. us, we are. Because we're obviously not, not capable of keeping our people safe, keeping our people employed and fed. We're responsible. Well, amen, brother. Yeah, I'll, I'd, I'd help. I don't know if that could be a dirty dictator. I have no idea. I like that attitude. <laughs> I like the attitude. I like the attitude. Hey, of, I feel, look, I feel sorry for AOC. She's got perfectly good IKEA furniture leaning up against the wall. It's never been put together. She's living in poverty. <laughs> Back in a minute with more. I mean, that is a great point. Like, we're really complaining that we're giving these migrants shampoo. What? I mean, where where they came from? Like, that's, Uh, Well, the uh, New York Times, they were not done. They were not done at all with uh, their dissing of everything American. Listen to what they had to say about um, comparing us to developing countries. And I just want to give I just want to give a warning for anyone who suffers from high blood pressure or anything like that. You need to make sure that you've taken your meds today. Uh, Trust me on this one. Watch. It's gotten to a point where I think there are specific times and places where you can confuse America for a developing country, as elections are tampered with, water can't be drunk from taps, citizens don't trust uniformed officers, infrastructure is crumbling, and where a dual system is emerging when public services are for sale for the highest bidder. You see this in countries like Pakistan or Nigeria, where the rich don't worry about the sad state of electricity or police because, well, they have generators and private security. Or in America, where the Kardashians rent their own firefighting force. We were fortunate enough and blessed enough, and I know that not everyone has this 
luxury available to them, but we were able to get private firefighters. When health, education, and safety are increasingly privatized or driven by privilege, the truth is how great America is really depends on how rich you are. Oh, my good <laughs> God almighty. <laughs> uh, a lot to unpack there. Too much. A lot uh, to unpack there. Private firefighters, uh, what happens in other uh, countries is just the entire city burns, burns. down and no one shows up yes. to, fi- to, to knock the fire out. I don't know if anyone's noticed that. <laughs> um, you know, pi- private firefighters, look, the idea that, that people who are wealthy can afford more things is common in every single country mm-hmm. on earth. It's, it is exactly, the only way, place you won't get that is this Marxist utopia that, by the way, has never existed. Um, and, and that's because no one's rich, everyone's poor. Right. And uh, Yeah, exactly. So you just have equality and every, right. every sucks for everybody. Everyone's equally poor. Um, you know, you point to one, like Flint is a great example. They bring this up all the mm-hmm. time. Look at this. They don't care about the poor. Flint, Michigan. What they were doing in Flint, and they screwed this up. Yes, government screwed this up, but they were trying to improve the water system and save the money of the people who you were calling poor, the taxpayers of the city. Now, they didn't do it well, and yes, government screws up all the time. Uh, they've now you know, gotten that back under control. Um, you know, uh, our, our infrastructure is crumbling. How many freaking times do I have to hear that? I, I, like, I, everyone just says it like, as if it's true. I mean, I just don't... I, like, I yes, can't, there I, are areas... I, there is problems. always construction, though, yeah, everywhere and, I'm going, but yes. that's because the roads are being improved. Improved and constantly. built, right? <laughs> Um, yeah, we're sitting right here in the middle of DFW, man. They, they're going to be on this thing for 30 more years on oh, these yeah. highways. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, as long as I've been here, I've been in, I've been in this area for 20 years. And, and the still, roads are fine. They're, 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 still, just, yeah. they're just improving yeah. it and no, making them better. It's good here. The economy's been good here. Like, yeah. there are areas, of sure. course. It, yes. But, like, the, again, I asked this question yesterday. As compared to what? Right. right. What, like, as compared to what? You're going to tell me. I was over in France last year. Like, I mean, sure, they've got some nice places. They've also got a bunch of crap holes, just like us. Like, like we've got areas that are good and areas that are bad. They have they have they have freaking streets that aren't wide enough for your freaking car. Right. At least our, well, at least we can fit our freaking cars here. Right. Um, you know, every country has air issues like this. Every country has problems. Um, again, like, like best doesn't mean perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And capitalism has done more to lift people out of poverty than any other economic system that's ever existed on the planet. I get that. And yes, we can sit here and pick out the flaws in America. We could do that all day long. But that's like. It, that's our family, you know. That's and I still look at America as divided as we are. I still, it is the grace of God and the hand of God over this nation that has kept us in the situation that we are. That is a very blessed situation. We're blessed to be born here. I mean, you won the lottery by being born in America, mm-hmm. you know, or or at least getting the opportunity to be an American citizen if you weren't born here. I understand why people south of the border want to get in here. Mm-hmm. I understand why asylum seekers want to come here. And look, if I live down there in impoverished situations too. I've seen them. I've been there. Uh, you know, I've, I've seen I've seen what it causes. I'd be doing everything to get my family here, too. But the reason I would be doing it is because of the hope that America brings. Let me tell you something. Whenever they signed the Declaration of Independence, those men were signing a death warrant. They signed their life away. John Hancock he came up there, and that's why his signature is the biggest one front and center. He says, screw it. If we lose this thing, hang me first. So these guys knew what they were laying on the line. We have the blood of patriots and revolutionaries flowing through our veins, and we there's no question about it. 
if we can get back to the ideals. And I agree with what Glenn said earlier. I think the Constitution is the greatest document short of the Holy Bible mm -hmm. that's ever existed on the planet. And, and if we can get back to ideals away from personalities, away from divisions, and go back to where we need to be, where we can come together like, they, like America did in 1941 mm -hmm. after Pearl Harbor was born and uh, uh, was bombed. And, and guess what? We went from being the 17th uh, in military might to 1945 being number one. And the reason is because we came together. We came together. So, so maybe these statistics are true, but like you said, Stu, compared to what? Oh, what? I don't want to live. I don't want to live in Rwanda. <laughs> I don't want to live in Brunei. I don't want to live in Yemen. I don't want to live in these places where I have to fear for my life every time I walk down the street. I don't want to have to stop at, at a guard station every time I cross from one uh, border into another like you would in West Africa. And here is some, some guy with an M16 tapping it on the ground like this, you know, just kind of absentmindedly. I remember the first time I went into a restaurant with dirt floors in West Africa and, and the curtain was pulled back and, and I'm sitting there and, and I'm with this doctor friend of mine and he says I want you to bring me beef and he pats his thigh he says this beef not this beef don't bring me stomach mm -hmm. okay we don't deal with stuff like that and then two guys come in and prop their m16s up against the wall we don't deal with that in America I'm telling you you get out there you see the world and you're going to see that you're living in the greatest country on the planet uh, I think we've all been taken to church. I don't think anything needs Amen. to be added to that. <laughs> Let's take a break. I love the argument. Oh, oh, well, the Kardashians have more than the average. The Kardashians in every country have more than the average. Uh, we're dropping like flies here, but Chad, I still have you with me. I'm still here. Either they want to get a head start on the weekend or the rapture happened. <laughs> well... <laughs> Oh, wait, crap. <laughs> I wanted to be in the other group. Yeah, we're still here. Uh, really quickly, I know that, you know, we, we discussed all of these ridiculous clips from the New York Times and, you know, um, you kind of took us to church earlier and there really wasn't anything left to add. But I do want to harp on something. When I first saw that previous clip about, you know, comparing us to developing countries, I'll skip over the corrupt elections because I could go off on that one as well. But when they brought up citizens mistrusting the police, mm -hmm. I'm like, Okay, I'm happy to call out bad policing when it, it happens, but how is it my responsibility or how is it a reflection of the country as a whole that people have bad feelings about the police? Wouldn't that be also a, a big reason um, that, they, that they have these feelings is because the media is blowing all of these big cases out of proportion. They're, you know, they're, they're encouraging this kind of behavior. Yeah. Wouldn't that be a great reason that people mistrust the police? Yeah. Do you have any idea how many Gestapo-type police states around the world yeah. exist where people actually do fear the police? Right. Like, think With of, good reason. Think of KGB-era Russia, which is still not that far off today. <laughs> yeah. But think about that. I mean, these guys, you live in fear of the, of the shadow of the long arm of the law, which was corrupted. You, you go back to uh, pre-1941, uh, pre, I'm sorry, pre-World War I, II. <laughs> Pre-World War II. Uh, Pre-World War II. Ten seconds. Yeah. Uh, Japan. They were rounding up people and performing experiments right. on them. I don't think you're living with that no, here. No, no. Overtime still coming up. Just the two of us. Make sure to catch it. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com.
just the two of us. We can make it true and not just the two of us. <laughs> you and I. Okay. Um, so we have one more clip that I want to play for you. And, uh, you know, really, honestly, then we got to go like everyone else, get out of here for the weekend. Because mm -hmm. apparently there are parties going on this weekend that we don't know about that everyone needs to leave early for. Stuff to do. Um, but there was another uh, interesting part of this uh, New York Times opinion video, just completely trashing America. America is garbage. That's why we all live here and make really good livings here. Okay. Uh, they had some things to say about health care. Take a look. We spend more on health care than any other country in the golf club, especially out of our own private little pockets. But we live sicker and shorter lives. We're fatter. And globally, we're more likely to see newborns die. We're even behind Bosnia. <laughs> now, Chad, uh, a little of this, I think, goes back to what you were saying earlier about um, people living in poverty in the United States being fat. Yeah. I know what you meant by that, yeah. but explain what you meant by that. Well, they have, I, okay, so you take Dallas-Fort Worth, where we're sitting right now. They typically rank about third, fourth, or fifth, depending on whichever year you look at it in terms of the most obese cities in America. I can take you to places where, where there are people living under bridges. There are tent cities. There are places like that. I, I have encountered people, whether it's at the gas station or the store or whatever, and they're asking, or on the street. And I can't tell you, I mean, you know, and we know that there is an epidemic of obesity, people with diabetes mm -hmm. who, who are homeless. Mm -hmm. Why? Because food is prevalent here. We throw away more food in, in a day or a week's time than, than some people will eat in months mm -hmm. around the world. I would, you talk about healthcare. I just got back from Ireland. Beautiful country, beautiful people, wonderful place. Lots of fun. We passed, my wife is a nurse practitioner, and I pointed something out to her as we passed a hospital. There was a sign that says, new MRI coming. There was a sign on top of that sign that had been nailed up in big, bold red letters that said, where is our MRI? Oh. <laughs> That's what socialized medicine wow. gets you when you allow the government to invade it. There's nothing, you know, conservatives haven't conserved anything. The government just keeps on expanding the way that it does which we, we claim we want limited government. I don't want the government meddling in things like my health care. Do we need health care reform? Yes, we do. Yeah. But thank God it is private. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know because, you know, you're looking at, okay, we spend the most in health care. We also have the most technologically advanced, you know, healthcare system in the world. That's why people from the UK, that's why all of these people come over to our country mm -hmm. to get treated. That there's a reason for that. And yes, we are, like you said, we are paying more out of our pockets, but look at the UK system. Oh no, they might not be paying more out of their pockets directly. They might not be paying it to the practitioner. They're paying it in their taxes. Mm -hmm. And what are they getting for it? Yeah. What are they getting for it? Hey, and I can tell you what they're not getting for it. My wife sent me a text message during the break. She's at the eye doctor. She said, you want me to make you an appointment? I said, yes, please. She said, do you want to go in, do you want to go in uh, tomorrow or the next day? Now, see, those are options you don't have in Canada. Those are options you don't have in the U.K. It's just not a day or tomorrow type of decision that you get to make. Right, right. Yeah, no, I'd much rather uh, pay more out of my own pocket yeah. and actually get quality service and yeah. quality care from all of these hospitals yeah. than have it become government run. And what about the, uh, I mean, we talked about death panels. That was like a commonly used term, um, you know, back in the uh, uh, Sarah Palin days. Mm -hmm. And the left gave her so much crap about the term death panels. But 
if you really look at what's going on in the UK, you know, you've got uh, the story of Charlie Gard and Alfie Evans and these children, these precious babies that you had NHS, just these, you know, people arbitrarily deciding that it wasn't worth the investment of trying to save these innocent children. Yeah. Here's the thing, and I look at folks on the left who complain about children in border detention centers and being taken away and all of these things. They, they talk about situations around the world. Oh, it's just an atrocity that we have this infant mortality rate that they're talking about. But they don't say anything about Planned Parenthood. They don't say anything about 750,000 abortions happening in this country a year. They don't say anything about us trotting out 9 to 12-year-old little boys that are dressed up like girls that are dancing in front of grown men for, for tips as though they're in a gentleman's club. Yeah. This is ridiculous. So don't, don't pretend with things like this that you care about kids. Right. When we know good and well, you don't. What you do, you're another pander bear, and you're trying to pander to people and say, oh, well, I guess we're not that great. I wanted, I, you, you just reminded me of, uh, what's his name? Desmond. Desmond is amazing. The yeah, one Desmond who, is amazing. Yes, the, what is he now, 11? Yeah. 11-year-old uh, transgender um, boy, I guess. Cross-dressing boy. I don't even, I'm not even clear on what's going on with him, but he's the one who's going out to adult yeah gay bars uh, and scantily clad, having dollar bills thrown at him while he dances for these these men. Did you see just recently his mom came out in the news and she was very shocked and very uh, offended that there was a, apparently some convicted uh, pedophile mm -hmm. who was going online and blogging about how he is, you know, he has sexual feelings toward Desmond. The mom is shocked. Yeah, of course she is. Uh, and I say that with all facetiousness and sarcasm. But do you know how many tweets I've seen just in the last week of people coming out and defending pedophilia as something as legitimate? You know, well, it, you know, they need to be walked through this sexual process. And who better to do that with them than an adult who knows how to guide them through this? This is ludicrous. I said it. Many people have said it. And we all get called haters. You know, I've said, look, this whole community, and we're getting off subject on this, but this whole community with LGBTQ alphabet, they want to talk about equality. Look, you got drag queens who are going into libraries reading children's books to them and then laying on the floor and let the kids come lay on top of them. This, to sit there and you're painting your face all up and you're wearing butterfly wings and you're farting glitter, I don't know what you're doing, but don't sit there and say you're just like me. Right. You're, I'm not doing that, okay? I don't care who you sleep with. I don't care. Yeah. Try to normalize it, okay? You don't have to be so extreme. But here's the thing. It's not about equality. It's about control. Mm -hmm. And that's with any group that's out there. With And I say it with no hate in my heart. Whenever someone comes with an agenda, we talk about AOC and the border. When you have to lie in order to normalize something or lie to get your agenda across, your agenda is a bad agenda. Because you're not after equality. You're not after justice. You're after control. Mm -hmm. And when you get in power... It's going to be obliterated. And we've seen that. So I said, you know, years ago, many people did. They said, well, as soon as they start, you know, once they get in control, they're going to take things like pedophilia and they're going to try to normalize that. Yeah. And that is problematic. Yeah, that that is uh, that's what's happening. Well, and, uh, you know, you made the point that and I know we're off subject, but whatever. It's about, to be, the weekend. It's about to be the weekend. Not like we, Glenn's we don't here. have rules here anymore. Everyone's leaving. The boss is gone. Whatever. Um, you know, it's one thing. If an adult wants to make an adult decision to exactly. dress up like, a, you know, the opposite gender or whatever, it's a whole nother thing. You know, when you're talking about doing this to our children, mm -hmm. um, subjecting him to all of this. She I mean, she had the audacity. This mom had the audacity to say that um, Desmond doesn't 
he doesn't dress sexually. He doesn't dress, uh, he doesn't dance sexually. It's not a sexual thing for him. Really? Tell that to all the men in that bar yeah. who were thinking God knows what about this kid. Then what is it? Right. Then what is it? If it's not sexual, then what is it? Okay. Right. I remember an interview with Tim Allen, you know, comedian Tim Allen. He was talking about he took his kid who down to the, the Pride Parade years ago uh, down in West Hollywood. And he said he had to spend the whole time covering his eyes because here's naked men on fire trucks coming down the <laughs> thing. We all know this is going on. If it's not sexual, then what is it? Mm-hmm. I can tell anyone, anyone, and I have dear friends, people that work with me, people that my agent, I, I look, it, I don't it, I don't care. But you can't tell me that there are not perversions that are going on in that community and things are not sexual, mm-hmm. that it's not sexual at all. Mm-hmm. Absolutely ridiculous to say that the name of, we call it. What sex are you? You're a female. What sex am I? I am a male. It is sexual, the whole thing. So there you have it. I don't care who gets mad at me about that. You know it's wrong. You know it's wrong. Do you have uh, do you ever have protesters come to your? uh, I got some people. Your your show. Some people, but whatever. Look, I have the most diverse group of people that work for me. Yeah. My manager is Jewish. My agent is a gay Cubano. My co-producer of Humor Me on BlazeTV.com/slash/humor is a Jamaican Chinese guy. <laughs> I got a guy named Hernandez who's a co-producer. He's a Hispanic, obviously. I got a Canadian assistant. <laughs> and I got party foul Steve, who's a hippie. <laughs> I am the most diverse cat on the planet. Yeah. And I wear a cowboy hat, so kiss it. <laughs> do you have any shows coming up? I do, man. I'm going to be in uh, about Roswell, New Mexico next week. I'm going out of the Air Force Academy to speak with uh, Folds of Honor, so I'm kind of repping them right now. Looking forward to that. And then I'm going to be in Macon, Georgia, Athens, Georgia, and Lexington, Kentucky. That's going to be in July 19 through 21. So we got some fun stuff coming up. Oh, and I'm going international, baby. I'm getting back out. We're going to Calgary in uh, August 28th. Oh, how do, how do yeah. so Canadians, Canadians oh, enjoy the humor? It. Oh, yeah, the UK does too. Really? Oh, yeah. Big fans in the UK, big fans in Australia and New Zealand. We have a blast. I still don't want to live there. <laughs> I love y'all. I don't want to live there. But now. Um, so before we go, one of our coworkers, he got this spicy man crates package in. Spicy man crates. And he got this cornferno. It says it's the hottest popcorn in the world. Let me see. I'm kind of scared. I'm kind of scared. A, he got a what box? It's a spicy man crates box. It's those man crates, so it, you know, they ship yeah. you a thing. Everything's with, spicy? Well, I, this one is spicy. They yeah. should just call it uppergi.com. <laughs> Burn, burn your, Let's burn see. your booty. I Let's love how see. your producer came out here in the middle and put it down. She said, it kind of hits the back of the throat. Yeah, she, she came and she gave us waters, and she was like, just in case. Here, give me a note on I don't know. It's pretty here, good. Are you just, you're just protecting me in case it's too hot for my, for my female, <laughs> for my female taste buds? <coughs> it does kind of hit the back of the throat. It sure does. It's kind yeah. of a kick there. Oh, ghost pepper powder. Mm-hmm. Habanero powder. I like it. Oh, I've been into a jalapeno mm. at a barbecue place, and I love the whole jalapenos, right? I like, I like spicy. I do, too. Two nights ago, I bit into a, a whole jalapeno. Oh, my God. <clears throat> I thought I was going to die. <sighs> your eyes start watering, the little tip of your nose starts dripping yes, snot. You know yes, what I'm talking about? Yes, and you're just, you look like you're at a funeral. what's happening to me right now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I like it. It's pretty good to me. I mean, it's good. I don't know that I could, like, sit and watch a movie with a... It's not a relaxing thing. No, it, I would not say it's... <laughs> and I'm a popcorn fanatic. Do you like popcorn? I do. I just can't eat it. It's not keto. 
It's not keto. Yeah, yeah. What? Okay, so Mr. Popcorn uh, fanatic, what is popcorn snob? Are you a popcorn snob? Do you consider yourself a popcorn yeah. snob? What? What would be? I won't watch a movie without some popcorn though. Really? Oh yeah. Okay, so what's your favorite? What's What's your favorite? What's your go-to like popcorn? Plain popcorn. Not you know, better. I put a little butter on there. Okay. But you know, I, I have you have all these gourmet popcorn stores now where you go in there and it's everything from, you know, pride popcorn with all the rainbow yeah. colors to whatever. It's just all this kind yeah. of stuff. I ain't never cared about all that stuff. Like this is this is tasty. It's not relaxing. <laughs> you know, you can't just chill with this. You can't Netflix and chill with this. No, no. I mean you could try, but you may get yourself into a really awkward, uncomfortable situation. I know, I guess my <laughs> wife and she'd be like, What in the hell you been eating? <laughs> Girl, you know. All right, I think we got to get a... I might be addicted to this. I know. Uh, poor Adam's going to be like, well, thanks for leaving me none of my popcorn left, guys. One uh, more bite. We need to get a jump in on the weekend. Do so it. we got to go. We got to go. But, uh, Chad, thank you for sticking around and not bailing on me like I don't have a life. <laughs> I, I mean, thank on. you, I yeah. guess. I would have well, preferred, like, it, it, I care about you, so I wanted to stay for you. I, I just miss... I have, it's, I've been on the show three times this week, and I've been just excited about having them because I've been gone for so I know. Long. You've been so gone. So everyone, all of the viewers, got their Chad fix for the mm. week, but we got to keep it up. I don't know. Well, we we'll come keep back on soon. I'm here. i got a dressing room now. I know. Moving on up. Nobody knows it. <laughs> Can we tell them what you wrote on the... Yeah. Right, so I'm, there's a little chalkboards down the hallway. It's got people's names. Whoever has that dressing room, I put Chad. Changed my mind. <laughs> and it's still it's there. still there. It's still there. It I got a feeling any day I'm going to show up and like Stu's going to be like, mine wasn't big enough. <laughs> I got that one too. Well, we're happy that you're back. Yeah. I know you got to travel and go to your shows, but uh, you got you to gotta make. We're make here a lot too, happy. doing the Chad Prather show. And that's a lot of fun. Yes. Studio 22, baby. Yeah. Tell everyone. Is that, it's, that's also on blazetv.com. Wherever you can find your YouTube, podcast. YouTube, Facebook. I, I tell everybody, I say, go to YouTube. You do the same thing. Yes. Your YouTube is fantastic. Well, thank you. It's good. I love it. Thank you. Um, I, only, I, I don't subscribe but to a handful of YouTube, mm -hmm. and yours is definitely one of them. I enjoy it because you're you. sassy. A little bit. A little bit. Get your tan on point. A little bit. Well, Look it is you. summer, so. <laughs> uh, all right. Thank you so much for sticking with us and uh, the heat. giving me some company so I wasn't just doing this overtime by myself. We will see you guys Monday. Have a great weekend. Boom. Nailed it. That's how you do it. Those are good. They're good. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the News and Why It Matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.